Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. You know, I wish there was something to talk about today. And, of course, there's a ton to talk about with this Roe versus Wade <laughs> semi-decision, draft of a decision, leak to the media, political warfare happening in Washington, D.C. Of course, nothing, nothing strange about that, but there's all sorts of angles and... <laughs> tangents, and important things to talk about today. So I'm going to do my best to piece this together for you. So um, I didn't know about this last night, but with our uh, just, you know, I, I think I think it's more important to, everybody wants to be first, the first to tell people about something. And there's, you know, I guess there's an exciting phase there. I'm more interested in being right. I'm more interested in thinking things through because that's ultimately where we all want to be anyway, isn't it? So this has sat in my mind here for a little bit. And, of course, there's been other developments even yesterday that we're going to try to get to and piece this whole thing together. So I was telling Oz before I I turned on the microphone here, I said, look – I." You know, there's a bazillion things running through my head with this. And there's a bazillion, not to get too overly technical here, but a bazillion directions that we could take this. So I'm just going to do my best. I'm going to talk about this. I am going to highlight some things that I, well, I know are worth noting and just kind of go through the conversation as I would if we were, you know, well, I guess we are kind of, for those of you driving the car, we're, riding in the car together but if we were sitting together you know um having coffee although i'm not a coffee drinker but you know having lunch or whatever just to talk about this flush out some of the important things and just kind of wrap our heads around this because this truly is unprecedented and i think that's the first and most important takeaway of this whole thing and when i when i saw this of course We all have an immediate reaction. My first thought was, this is not the way that this is supposed to happen. You know, I've never, I want to be clear. I follow this stuff closely, but I don't want to paint the picture. Some people want to paint the picture that they are, you know, insiders on the inner workings of the Supreme Court. I've been to Supreme Court, a couple of Supreme Court hearings. Um, You know, we studied and talked about these things. I follow this stuff. Um, but I'm not, I'm not an expert. In fact, my first, when I first saw that, my very first, I had two thoughts. The first thought was, I don't think this has ever happened before. Number one, um, anything close to this, if I'm being candid, I, I, because the court, and I think this is important for people to, I guess, understand about the court of, of all the branches, all three of our branches of government, the 
executive branch, which is the presidency, the legislative branch, which of course includes Congress and the House of Representatives, and then the Supreme Court. I think that it's fair to say out of all three branches, the one that holds the most mystery is probably the Supreme Court. In fact, when I first went back in 1999 when I was at American University, um, I was kind of blown away. I didn't even know really what to expect. Remember, there's not things like um, cameras inside the Supreme Court. I don't even think you can have, you can't record audio in the Supreme Court. That's why we see drawings of justices and so forth, uh, people you know, in, in a lot of courtrooms. Now, that's changed in some courtrooms over time. You think back to the O.J. Simpson trial and all that stuff. Supreme Court's not really had that yet. So there's not really... There's not really a way to see inside there unless you unless you go in or you've you know seen some of the renditions or maybe photos of an empty chamber or something along along those lines. But it is an impressive impressive experience. Um, again, when I went, the court makeup was significantly different than it is today. Um, but there were also justices that were on the court in 1999 that are on the court um, today as well. And as I say that, I know Thomas was. I'd have to sit and think if there's another one. Anyway, so, but it it was an impressive thing to watch. Scalia, I'll never forget watching Scalia um, (laughs) obliterate an attorney. So these attorneys, when they make a present or an argument before the Supreme Court, they come in ready to make their, their case. Keep in mind They've provided, you know, their brief or whatever to the, the Supreme Court, and the justices have, have read this. So they the justices know a lot about what's going to happen or what be, what's going to be argued as well. And I remember it was probably the only time in my life I felt sorry for an attorney because he got about, and I forget which case we heard, to be quite candid with you. Um, it was on the spring docket in 1999. One of the cases was about an airline, I believe. Um, anyway, but the... The attorney got about four seconds into what he wanted to say, and Scalia started to pounce, and he was just peppering him with questions, the attorney, and it was an interesting thing to watch, especially when you compare and contrast that to Justice Clarence Thomas, who literally closes his eyes, puts his head back, and just looks up. It looks like he, I mean, it looks like he's asleep. He's not. He's mentally engaged, and he's just listening to the rationale and the legal arguments and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, fascinating thing to see, but there's also this era, or this aura, I should say, of mystery about the Supreme Court. So, there's nine justices, right? There's nine. And these folks get to know each other uh, pretty well. In fact, there's after the passing of Justice Antonin Scalia, we've heard some, um, you know, some of the relationships that he had, even with some extreme liberals on the Supreme Court. And there was a personal respect um, it's an honorable court, and <laughs> there are certainly examples. We've talked about this a lot on this program where justices ignore the law, create what they want, and use that. And by the way, that's what happened in Roe versus Wade. There's literally no other interpretation of that. I'm a guy that wants to understand the other side. The case of Roe versus Wade, which is what we're talking about here today, was was not um, was not decided based upon upon the Constitution. It was the desire of a court to implement out of whole cloth 
uh, a new law. And that's exactly, that's why we're in this mess today. So I guess at this point I'll say Roe versus Wade, when it was decided back in 1973, all, all Roe versus, it's, it's a big precedent. So I don't want to say like all, like it's no big deal. But Roe versus Wade found that there was, and of course this is erroneous thinking, this is nonsensical, this is from the same folks, some of these same folks anyway, who cannot find the Second Amendment if you spot them the First Amendment and give them, uh, and you highlight the Second. They can't find it. They don't know what it's talking about. They're confused. They don't understand any of that. At least that's what they want us to to believe. But they found within the document, supposedly, a right to have an abortion. And this is rooted, they say, on some degree of the right to privacy. Um, and then, of course, from on top of that, they not just found the right to an abortion, but they found things like um, that there's certain trimesters, you can have certain regulations from the government or no regula- or, or very limited regulation from the government. Where they found this, I don't know. But again, they don't feel the importance. They don't feel the need to tell you this. They just dec- decree it um, because they wanted to defend abortion. And, and folks, there are a lot of opinions on the issue of abortion. To me, it's pretty cut and dry. I'll, I'll be honest with you about this. Um, it's, it's, we're dealing with the, a human life. That is, um, you know, created the image of God, and we're terminating. We're, we're killing that life. Now, as I always do or almost always do, if you're listening to my voice, I'm going to do this quickly today just because of time and all the stuff I want to get to, but this is important. I wish more conservatives would just take a second to say this. If you've experienced, if you've had an abortion, if you're pro-life, if, or excuse me, pro-choice, if you know someone who's had an abortion, Anything like that. If you have personal connection to this in any way, shape, manner, or form, this is not, what we say is not meant to stir up those negative emotions or look back at anything. There are groups that can help people who have gone through abortions heal. And that's important. Um, We're talking about what should happen from this moment forward. And we're going to kind of deconstruct this a little bit. And, and talk about what it means, and then also talk about what the heck just happened. What's going on here, which I would maintain is quite nefarious. This is quite strategic, um, and this is political, but also designed to stop conservative justices from citing or ultimately uphold, well, ruling to overturn Roe versus Wade, which is currently how the opinion has been written, which, by the way, yesterday the Supreme Court came out and said that that was a legitimate draft and that it's not a final vote, which, in my mind, while it might be true, it is true, it also, it kind of threw more gasoline on the fire because, or, yeah, more gasoline on the fire because it's not going to discourage people who want to see Roe upheld, they are now encouraged from this. In fact, remember uh, Roberts and the Obamacare decision. Don't forget that. We're going to touch on that as well today. This not That was, what, 10 years ago? It's hard to believe 10 years ago. But that is out there as well. Um, they, need to, they need to sway one more justice besides Roberts. But nonetheless, there is a bit of a blueprint here of sorts with, with Obamacare. So anyway... I want to 
I want to deconstruct really what the ruling was. I want to look at what's happened here. I want to talk about the political fallout. We've got Biden out there wanting to, as I say, codify, but probably more correctly codify the Roe versus Wade case so that it no longer is contingent upon what the Supreme Court decides. Instead, it's actually a law that's passed in the United States Senate, talking of filibusters and Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff here. We got, um, well, there's just all sorts of political fallout from this as well, which we'll get to in, in due course. But I want to start with really what Roe v. Wade did, and I want to look at what it means to overturn it. And I want to then talk about the case, talk about uh, some of these issues that come up in abortion. For example, uh, abortion to save the life of a mother um, is something I've been thinking, thinking about here today or yesterday as I was preparing for the program. So lots to get to, and we'll do that in due course. I'm going to take a break here, doing pretty good on my time today. Going to pat myself on the back, take a quick time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. What the court did with Roe versus Wade back in the 70s should be a kind of a blueprint of what to absolutely avoid. And it's happened in other situations as well. In modern, more modern times, the um, the court case that allows or permitted or found in the Constitution the right to same-sex marriage is another one of these folks. There are there's a political process to handle those things. Now, look, if there's legitimate rights that are being violated, um, then absolutely the Supreme Court should do something to defend those rights. But I feel like a lot of folks don't have an understanding of what a right really is. In fact, when you look at the Constitution, and it's not intended to be an extensive, an all-inclusive list of what our rights really are, um, but if you look at those, free speech, effectively the right to your own beliefs, right? You can worship as you choose or not worship as you choose. You can Live your life as you desire. Um, you can associate with those um, whom you want to associate with. You can. You have the right to protect yourself and your family against anybody who's trying to harm them, including, including a tyrannical government. You have the right to be secure and not have government snoop and interfere in your life unless you've given them a legitimate probable cause. Probable cause that you're breaking a legitimate law. And that's just some that you'll find in the Constitution. But you look at you look at this, and my first question is when I... First of all, the founders were right when they said our rights come from God and not from government. That's what they declared in the Declaration of Independence, and that's the premise upon which our country... Uh, one of the prim- premises, I guess, on, on what this country was built upon, the idea that we have rights that are given to us by our Creator, and it's not the job of government to to try to take those away or oppress people. And so that's why the government was limited and individual liberty was you know, kind of highlighted. And, and if you want to say codified in the Constitution, that's kind of what happened. But 
if our rights come from God, I find I just find it odd. I find it odd that God would grant us the right to terminate an innocent life. Just, I, just does that sound right to you? And I also, when I lay out those other rights, does not abortion seem different than the rest of these things? I'm born with within me, you know, when I'm born and created in the image of God, all of us, by the way, this is true for all of us, we have, what, a personality, we have uh, preferences, beliefs, we can say what we want to say, we can pursue our dreams and ambitions. These are things that are there from creation, there from conception, you could say. Uh, of course, we don't realize it until we, we grow and develop, but those things are there. Where does, how, do, how does God Im, uh, impute to us the right to an abortion? Where does it come in? Because when you think about rights, it's something that you're just naturally born with. Um, the idea of an abortion is vastly different. Even if, even let's just say, let's be open to the idea that that is a right just for the sake of discussion. I firmly reject that, by the way. I'm just trying to illustrate something here. But if that is the case, it is dramatically different than, than other rights, especially when an abortion, oh, this is going to fire some people up. But <sighs> statistically, in fact, I'm going to look right here right now. Let me find this. It's abort73.com. It's a pro-life uh, fact. It's, it's got a bunch of information about abortion. I'm going to click on U.S. abortion statistics. I did this before um, before our television show. We just did it in an episode on, on abortion a couple of, uh, I think it aired a couple of weeks ago. So there's been 60 million roughly or a little bit more illegal abortions in the U.S. since 1973 when Roe versus Wade was created and passed into law by the, by the Supreme Court. Um, and if you look, I'm trying to see if I can find these statistics quickly. But the vast majority, I'm talking the vast, vast majority um, of abortions are actually, I forget the term, I'm trying to see if there's a term that they use here, but, but they're basically a choice. It's, it's not, oh, it's Florida, here it is. Florida did studies. And they found, they, they actually asked why, um, why did you have an abortion? Um, and the va- it, it was 90-some percent, 90, I think it was around 90, low 90s, that it was literally, uh, they were decided because of a form of convenience. They, a, a, parent, a, a woman did not want to have a child, which I understand that. Um, but that's not necessarily how they convince people who are pro-life to maybe be more sympathetic to this, to the idea of abortion. Um, in fact, they'll say things like, well, this was done to save, abortions are done, need to be done to save the life of a woman, which I've got some thoughts about about that as well. Of course, we should be trying to protect the lives of of women, I just think that the framing and phrasing of that just doesn't make sense to me, to me either. But this concept of an abortion, here it is. Yeah, I finally found it as I'm talking here. The state of Florida, um, 75 percent. It's actually 74.9. They said that it was an elective procedure, an abortion. Seventy three out of four abortions 
according to Florida data from 2020, said that it was an elective procedure. 20% said that they, the woman aborted uh, the unborn child for social or economic reasons. So that means 95%, 95%, it was simply an elective procedure or because of, you know, the, they didn't have the econ- uh, financial resources to take care of a child or they didn't want the child to be raised in a, um, I don't know, a violent or a, a bad environment. So we're looking at less than 5% is, is any, anything else. Um, 0.01 is from incest. 0.15 is from uh, women who are, were raped. And these are, these are atrocious things, right? I'm not, it's so easy to, to emotionalize this stuff. And I'm saying this abortion is not, a lot of abortion is simply abortion on demand. It's a form of birth control for people. And again, I go back to this. If our rights come from God, do you really think, do you really think, let's talk about the 95%. Do you really think that God gave us a right to terminate a pregnancy, to, to kill the life of an unborn child, an innocent, a truly innocent being at this point, right? Hasn't, hasn't come out to, I know that we're, I don't want to get into the theology here, but hasn't done anything directly wrong, right? The child is in the womb, done nothing wrong other than just just exist. That's what the, the child is doing and growing, preparing to, uh, to be born. 95%. Do we really think that God says it's your right to elect that as a form of birth control? I just, whew, I don't know how we get there as a society, folks. I mean, these other things, you know, we can look at and talk about. But what did Roe actually do? The Roe versus Wade decision found somehow mysteriously in the Constitution that a woman has the right to an abortion uh, without excessive government intervention or interference. Then they went to a, a series of steps where they looked at trimesters. And during the first trimesters, uh, which is what roughly, what is it? Uh, was it 39? So thir- first trimester is thir- 13 weeks? Huh? I'm asking us. 39 weeks is full term, so 13 weeks, right? So there could be no restrictions effectively um, in the first trimester. Second trimester, there could be some reasonable health regulations. The third, um, you know, they they could be, abortions could be prohibited um, with taking into account the life and health of of the mother, which, of course, we should always do. (laughs) But I do have some thoughts on that as well. And I think we should think about this a little bit because I think that that's, that's kind of a, an argument or you know, something that we need to position a little bit differently. But it's important. I want everyone to hear me say this. Absolutely, the mother's life should be absolutely cared for in all pregnancies. And ideally, we think about a healthy mother and a healthy baby being the result of every pregnancy. That should be, I feel like, I mean, that should be obvious to anybody. That should be... The goal here. But we from Roe versus Wade, we get things like this trimester approach. We get viability. That's another thing. Well, is the is the fetus, of course, now it becomes fetus, not just unborn child, but is the fetus viable? Can the fetus live without the mother? Well, I mean, look, we've had three kids. I'm telling you right now, you can you can set a newborn baby down. Um, they're not viable outside the 
you know, scope and help of someone else, they're not going to be able to take care of themselves. So th- this is all faulty reasoning. And I dare I say the mind will justify what the heart desires here. And for many people, well, there are people out there who put themselves in positions and they say, I don't want to tell someone else what to do. And I, and I, I respect that. I mean, I think people are coming from a good place there. But if, if this is truly what science says it is, by the way, science says that life begins at conception. There is no other place that life can begin. Are we prepared to say as a society that we're not, that we don't have an interest in protecting the life of any human being, whether at the very beginning stages of life or all the way to the end? At what point, at what point should we um, stop caring about life? This is, these are dangerous Some of these answers are dangerous to questions like that. This is where you get the idea of euthanizing old people. Hey, man, they're not producing. They're just a suck on society. There's people that act like this. And when you devalue life, human life at any level, this is where it inevitably takes us. It's an unavoidable unavoidable consequence. But at the end of the day, and I'm going to take a break here, what Roe versus Wade ultimately did was that it took away from the states – the ability to set their own abortion law. Before, before Roe, states could, you know, they, they could decide if, if abortion was going to be legal, what degree it was going to be um, regulated and so forth. And if Roe is overturned, that's what happens. It goes back to the states. Abortion is not going to be wiped off the face of the planet, and it, well, wiped off the face of the United States. It will be in certain places, um, strictly regulated or potentially completely made illegal. Um, but there will be places where abortion still exists because states are going to say that this is what um, this is what they want to do. In fact, there's some states who are already positioning themselves as kind of an it's, it's sick to me, but a, an abortion kind of abortion tourism destination, which is again, I, there's so many things that's, that's wrong with that. But anyway, that's what would happen. Now, the left, this, what I think is critical to understand is that this, when I talk about the godless radical left, when I talk about how the godless radical left wants there to be no trace whatsoever of right or wrong in society, they want to live their lives without anyone being able to say what you did was, was morally was morally wrong. They don't want to be challenged. They like the notion that they are the God of their own lives, that there's no right or wrong, no morality. Everyone should shut up. Everything should be... It's, it's never going to end. If we allow babies to be... Unborn babies to be killed, where does this... Where does that end? I mean, where does this end? This is going to be a, a constant erosion um, of, of morality here um, in this country, as we've, already, as we've already seen, I think, quite clearly in the cultural decline of this nation but anyway so this to them is sacred this is again government is their religion if roe versus wade is torn down if people are somehow able to define abortion as as evil or wicked um they don't like that they don't like to be accountable for anything they want to live their lives and not have any consequences whatsoever 
They want to wipe the notion of right or wrong off the face of the planet because, again, as I've continued on and, and said on this program so brilliantly in the past, <laughs> but they have – I think that it's evidence of how loudly that voice speaks inside them already, how loudly that conscience speaks, that they don't want to hear anything that reaffirms that externally because they just ultimately can't get away from it. They think they can if you can make everything morally equivalent with each other, if there's nothing that's right or wrong, good or bad, any of that stuff, excellent or evil. They like this. This is, believe me, this this is potentially for the godless radical left this is this is like the if you take away abortion it is blasphemous i mean this may be the most important issue because it establishes it establish, it establishes this idea that morality is on the way to death that morality is no longer absolute it's what we we say it is, and we can regulate it out of existence, and that's appealing to them. And then, of course, they can come in and tell us what they want us to do, how they want us to live. Government can then, their God can then dictate what's right and wrong, good and bad, and all that sort of stuff. But this is, this is sacred to them. It's sick. It's twisted. I'm sympathetic. I listen to people who've, you know, I've, I've actually... I had had some people that have been close to me who are pro-choice. Um, again, I think it's reprehensible, but I don't I don't think that they necessarily view it that way. Although I think science and common sense and logic would dictate that they would be incorrect on this. So, timeout is in order. Long in this segment, and I've gotten myself back off track because I was said too much about that that segment. But there's plenty more to discuss with this, including the political fallout, which we'll start to get to after this next break. Sit tight back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Walking through this issue of Supreme Court Roe versus Wade stuff, and, and we haven't even touched yet. We just talked. There's so much to get to with this. In my mind, there's so much, so much to get to with this. But of course, this was leaked, and as, as I said off the top, the leak is strategic and intentional. And, and who leaked? There should be no question. Now, maybe specifically, maybe specifically we don't know. We'll, we may never know, although Roberts is saying that they're, they're going to investigate this. I mean, part of me thinks, pfft. I mean, look at all the investigations we've had. Well, what has ever come out of an investigation like I mean, we've never had one like this with the Supreme Court, but... My goodness, we got Durham, who's been out there for 25 years, it seems like. We've got Clintons, who have gotten away with everything. We got Biden's laptop that no one seems to be interested in. FBI loses hard drive backups of this thing like it's a sport or something. I mean, I'm not... That, that to me, is just noise, right? Of course, I want justice, but I'm not... I have no faith that that's going to go anywhere. And, of course, there's rumors that it's Sonia... Sotomayor's uh, clerk and <laughs> there's some reason to think maybe the people that speculate about this are right I don't know I'm not saying that that's, that that's true but there are some interesting facts and tidbits about that if you've not read on that maybe check that out I just don't have time to get into it but the point here to me is that the left remember before the break I said this is this to the godless radical left is is almost the central element of their faith. It's almost to the Bible-believing Christian. Now, I'm going to say something. I don't mean 
I don't mean this in a way to be, you know, blasphemous about our faith. It's not comparable at all, but I'm saying to them, this is how they look at it. It's so central to their belief. They Just as we look to the resurrection as kind of the Christians do to say this, this is the thing, the, the, the event upon which everything else hinges, right? The crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus, that, that uh, resurrection weekend Easter, which we just celebrated here a few weeks ago, that's central to the faith. Everything hinges upon that. In fact, the Apostle Paul even said that. Jesus didn't die and raise from the grave. I'm going to be pitied more than all people. I mean, well, I'm out here living, you know, giving up my life, my one existence, if I'm wrong, to talk about you know, this, this man, this God, the, the, the Son of God, Jesus. I've given up everything to proclaim this truth. And if that's not true, then I'm, you should feel sorry for me because I've invested everything in this. I, to the left, and I don't mean this literally, it's just as, as a tool to understand how serious and how central a component it is to the radical, the godless radical left. Abortion is like that. Abortion is central. Abortion is in some ways one of the biggest pillars of the um, unraveling of moral absolutes in this country. Um, it permeated all parts of our culture. It, I mean, it's even it's even within the church. Um, some pro-life folks that are that are Christian, or excuse me, pro-choice, I should say. Um. I think well-meaning people many times. Choice. I mean, you you know, and, and they're they're good at marketing this. It's pro-choice. Who wants to be against choice? My goodness, I'm not against choice. I'm actually in favor of people making choices. That's what the entire conservative movement's built upon: your ability to live your life as you see best, and, and whatever you want to do, live it. You got one of them, live it. But you don't have the right to make decisions that directly impact someone's life, liberty, property, pursuit of happiness. And that's clearly, if abortion isn't that, then nothing, there's nothing that is, my friends. But they leaked this, they the radical left, right? This, was, this had never happened before. And the history of decisions never happened. First they leak it, then they discredit it. They're out there saying, I mean, you saw even Biden's, Biden's press release yesterday. We don't know if this is a final decision. They're trying to paint in the minds of their <laughs> their militant base that they can still do something about this. And of course, there's all sorts of things besides that it can do. It's going to put pressure on the conservative Ch- uh, SCOTUS Supreme Court justices. And remember, not all these Supreme Court justices are made with this sort of resolve to walk through this <laughs> pure hell they're about to walk through. It's designed, the leak's designed to fire up the base, right? We're heading into an election season. We're in primary season. This leak is designed to change the narrative. This leak is designed to fundraise. This leak is designed to take attention off the absolutely deplorable conditions that have been caused by Biden and his dumpster fire and his administration and the radical left. That's what this, and it's intentional, it's obviously intentional and it's strategic. I, they had they they've met. They're, this it's not some rogue. It is not some rogue clerk that just randomly decided to do this. 
there is there are people that got together and planned this out and thought, what are we going to do here? And they've decided that this is the best course. And they've probably promised to protect whoever it is that did this and fund this person. And who knows? You know, probably give them the same treatment that Hunter Biden gets and Joe Biden gets and Hillary Clinton gets and everything else. The deep state protection package. And there's, there's not, I, I'm not hopeful there's going to be consequences with this. There should be. This had never happened with the court, folks. Never. Never. It does remind me of the Obamacare decision, though. And I think that needs to be touched on because I think they remember. I know they remember that. Absolutely know they remember that. And they're having visions of hope. Visions, hopeful visions here to to say that this can have the same outcome as that case. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. Folks, this is a developing story. We're going to talk about this in the days and weeks and probably months to come. This Remember, these decisions usually are not released until uh, the end of June, usually, maybe the beginning of July. And so they've got a couple months here to go, go hot and heavy after the conservative Supreme Court justices here. But this reminds me of the the uh, Supreme Court case on Obamacare vote. Remember, the the opinion was written by Justice Roberts, and he was writing the majority opinion. But because he changed his vote midstream, the opinion, which reads kind of funny, reads that way because he changed his vote. And then since it was a five to four vote, whichever side he went to was the majority, and so he continued writing the opinion. They have this in their minds. They think that, well, I think that they probably did get through to Justice John Roberts. And he doesn't have, well, in my estimation, the moral ah, character or strength to stand up to this stuff. And they're hoping that they can break one of the others as well. They don't Roberts isn't enough for them now. They need one more. And so it's it's not, I mean, strategically, take a, take away all the morality, the right and wrong of this, just the the how preposterous it is. It's not a bad strategy. Um you know, it's not it's not a bad strategy. It's completely morally reprehensible. It's not the way it's supposed to work. But then again, they will stop at nothing. I've gone through this. I mean, just we've gone through this ad infinitum. They will stop at nothing. And I'm out of time. Quick time out, my friends. Back and wrap up in just a minute. Yes, yes, I know. If you are here in central Indiana, you had a primary day yesterday. We didn't get to that, but I look, folks, this uh, elections are very, very important. I'm not minimizing that, but this issue with the Supreme Court, Roe versus Wade, uh, this is going to shape the political discourse for the, I mean, all the way through this election. This may be, this may be one of the, you know, attempts the left has here to try to change the narrative and and somehow salvage some of these seats in this uh, upcoming election. But lots to get to, I know. The primaries are important. Just didn't have time today, folks. Have a great day. Thanks for being here. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.